Yo, listeners, welcome back. CO and the Doctor coming at you again tonight on July 23rd. Is that what it is over there? Yeah, 23rd for you, 24th for me. Um, hello, listeners. Uh, this is actually a weekday, man. You know, we usually shoot on Sundays, so um, some connectivity issues on my end. Yeah. Right here in the States. Basically, CenturyLink sucks, but you know that that's neither here nor there at this point. It's working right now, so uh, you know I'm looking forward to to this this getting this episode out to to the masses. So, um, hey, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Actually, I just looked at my watch. It's the 24th for me, 23rd for you. I forget. I got the difference okay. in time. Um, but before we start, you know, last week I think that was a. Uh, pretty solid show for us here at CEO and the Doctor. We got a lot of feedback from our, our, our friends and family. Um, listeners just was giving their opinion. They said that was a really good show. So, like we always try to do, we try to play, pay homage to everyone. So we appreciate the love and support. Remember to listen, like, and share. That was, you know, one of the things we said in the beginning. So if you really like it, share it on your Facebook page, share it on your IG. Um, and we'll keep bringing stuff to you. Now, like always, we got to get into what we always talk about, how we start. So we're going to go with the Flash 5. So, P, you just brought something to my attention that happened uh, out in Oakland area. Uh, not Oakland, too, yeah, a at, the, days at the ago. BART station. Yeah, okay. a couple of days ago at the BART station. Um, a, uh, I know this is, this is a hard start to the episode, man. And listeners, please, uh, you know, because this is current and it's relevant, uh, you know, we wanted to touch on it first Um uh, Two young black women were attacked, one of them uh, slain by a, uh, a guy, a white guy, at the BART station in Oakland, California. Um, they caught the guy last night, and he's a murder suspect. Um, his name is uh, John Cowell. He walked up on these two young ladies and started slashing them and slit um, both their throats. Um, one of them, like I said, uh, uh, Nia Wilson, she did not make it. Rest in peace. Um you know, all the love and, and our prayers go out to her family and her friends. Uh, but, you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, we got to do better. And um, more importantly, we got to have some situational awareness of what's going on in the world around us. And, you know, that's that's I think that's that's been one of the underlying messages that we've had um, in this in our podcast, at least over the last few episodes, is being aware of what's happening now. It needs to go one further and be aware of what could potentially happen to you while you're standing on a bus stop, uh, while you're in line at a grocery store, a restaurant, whatever it may be, because um, we're living in volatile times right now. And it's unfortunate that uh, we're essentially taken here by our leadership. This country's leadership has taken us to this point. So uh, I don't want to say we're at a point where we need to have just it's self-preservation, but we need to be aware of the potential dangers that that are around us and some people might laugh about that but this young lady and her family are not laughing about it not at all and uh you know this isn't the first time that the bart has been in the news we all know fruitvale station on that movie that ryan Coogler did but you know that was talking about a real situation where some black kids were you know pretty much kind of harassed harassed arrested and then end up one dying that night so um yeah you know 
public transportation for major cities is you know something that's very useful you know i'm a proponent of it uh, i love when i go to new york city or san francisco or whatever and i and i use that system but you know they are dangerous and we have to be aware so like you said um much respects to her family um we're sorry for her loss um another story that was pretty interesting while we in the flash five um yeah i don't know if it made national news but did you hear about that the family that that had that boating accident i think they were in missouri yeah, uh, was it a duck boat accident or something like that? I, I saw some brief snippets on it, and the entire family minus one survived. Right. Only one person from that family survived. Uh, that, that's 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 terrible. Yes, and what's what's kind of surreal about that is because now this is distant to the distant to the distant. But one of my cousins, his brother, is married into that family, so it actually affected them, you know, close. And I also have. You know, two female friends, uh, one Katrina Beck and then another one, I'm sorry, her name's Katrina Say now, and then another one, Jana Atkins, they actually knew um, a member of the family as well. So it's kind of close to them. So, you know, small world. Now, again, I'm not directly connected to them at all, but just saying that there were people who knew this family. So that was a very tragic yeah. story, too. So, again, our love goes out to those individuals for, you know, the loss. I mean, that's it's one thing when you lose one member, but to lose that many, was it like 11 of them? Something like that? Yeah. It's a fairly large yeah. number. Um, so that yeah. was definitely a tragedy in itself. Now, staying with the five, but moving forward, we're going to, you know, look ahead to, you know, the topic of the discussion this week. We decided, you know, based off of last week, you know, we, we just scratched the surface with some of those individual stories about people living life and how, you know, the, the what is it? coupon carls and patrol patties of the world (laughs) (laughs) were kind of making people's lives difficult and then ultimately they ended up you know paying you know some type of you know i guess piper for what they've done trying to call the police for nothing and then you know their jobs end up firing them whatever so this week uh the doctor actually dove into you know a couple of these stories and quite a few matter of fact so we're going to talk about those uh individually as we go forward yeah um so I think it's going to be a pretty good episode when we get to that point. So, you know, that's the flash. So let's jump right into the ticker. So this week, I mean, the ticker's going to be quick. Last week we got kind of on our soapbox. We talked almost 20 minutes just about, you know, what was going on in the ticker. Man, <laughs> right. But right. this week is is, is is cut and dry. Really, two things in the sports world actually happened, and they both – to me, well, no, real quick, we'll just say shout out to Bryce Harper, you know, for winning the home run derby. I actually watched that; it was dope. He did it for the hometown because they, the, the yeah, man, the All Star was in, that in was DC. Crazy. So yeah, that was dope. And the yeah. way he did it, crazy. like like the walk off yeah. almost, that was pretty dope. So shout out to DC yeah. and Bryce Harper. Now, the news that was the news this week was Kawhi. Now, funny story, right? right? So recently, you know, in our last three or four episodes we had talked about, we both felt Kawhi would end up staying with SA. But I remember when this first happened, when he was first unhappy. So we're talking a couple months ago, maybe, when we had a show and we discussed. And I remember I said, I think they were going to ship him somewhere far away from where he wanted to go. I remember stating that. (laughs) And then you said this week, (laughs) they took him out the country. They just shipped him out the country. They was like, Forget, you know, shipping him to a team. And don't get me wrong, I think they're still going to be relevant in the East. I mean, they lose DeMar DeRozan, but then again, they get the best two-way player in the league. So if Kawhi is committed, Toronto will still be enough to be a contender. Now, 
what Boston does to come back, I don't know. But sticking with Kawhi, you know, the reports initially was he was very unhappy. DeRozan was definitely unhappy. He felt betrayed. Everything we had, the, we had the Drake send off when he sent the message out, and like you said, Drake yeah. is the Raptors, <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so that that kind of turns some heads. So Kawhi to Toronto, what you got on that, P? What you feel? Um, I don't think he's staying. You know, and what I'm hearing, you know, and it's just a, a friend of a friend of a friend who knows the baker down the street from the corner that grew up with um, somebody who went to grade school with Kawhi's grandmother that's saying that uh, <laughs> that what? it's rumored that he's going he's going to resign in Toronto. Right. Yeah. Right. Nah, that ain't happened. Look, this man has been been silent, but firm in his demand or his desire to go to L.A. And I don't think that's going to wane. Um, I've never been to Toronto. I hear great things about it. Uh, but, I mean, Drake is there. So I think most people will flock to Toronto because Drake's there. I'm not. Uh, but what I, I think he's going to do his, his year there. Uh, they got him on loan pretty much. They're just renting to Kawhi for the season. And he's going to beat feet to L.A. I think he's going to uh, reestablish himself. Because he's got a freed up East, right? You know, just like you just pointed out, he's got a freed up East. So yeah. while we can say that the East is wide, it's it's open. It's not wide open. It's probably a three team race. It's n- nowhere near as um, as diverse as the West is. True. Now, yes, you do have Golden State, but two through eight, you don't know who's going, what the pecking order is for certain. Yes. Now in the East, you probably have. Boston, Toronto, and you can flip flip flop either one of those, and then Philly maybe third. So right. um, Kawhi is gonna feast. Kawhi has just pretty much replaced LeBron in the East. Yeah, and Toronto was number yeah, one this right. year. So what I'm getting at yeah. is, you know, he's he's better than DeRozan in my opinion. So he could get them over the hump. Toronto could be in the finals. Now they go to the finals and get completely mollywopped, but. It'd be a first <laughs> for them, you know. They had the year they had the years back in the day when it was Iverson and versus, you know, Vince and all that. I remember they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. That was a pretty good series and then Iverson ended up getting the edge. Um, but ever since then, you know, Toronto, yeah, they make it to the to the semis or they get to the uh, the finals and it's like a walk in the park because it's always LeBron. He just runs over them. So yep. they could change it. They don't have that they don't have that mental hurdle anymore. Yeah. They, they don't have to get over that mental hurdle. Um, Cleveland went from, you know, second to a projected oh, not yeah. making a playoffs, which yeah. is which is typically what happens when LeBron leaves a team. So right. um, that that's the normal part. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's the East will finally be a little bit more interesting because, um, you know, just just the newness of Kawhi being in uh, in the East. So, you know, it, that just brings a, a different level of excitement. Then all the youth uh, that, that we're seeing in the East. Right. Now, the East their time is coming because of all that youth. They just got to keep these teams together. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And uh, with that said, you know, uh, I won't, I guess I'll say congratulations. And, and I'm glad that you got out of San Antonio. If that's what you truly wanted as a Spurs yeah. fan, like I said, I'm a Pacer fans first, but I've always cheered for the Spurs since they had Duncan, you know, it was kind of sad to see him go. Like you said, we feel that he is the ideal player for the ideal situation yeah. with that being San Antonio. So that's over with now. We're not going to spend a lot of time here. So, Kawhi, you got something. I don't think you got what you want, but you're out of there. So, uh, good luck to you. Um, I hope that it pans out, and I hope you end up getting what you finally want, whatever that is. Now, 
Second headline, still staying with basketball, would be what happened with Camel- with Carmelo. So earlier in the week, you know, he was bought out, got all his money. Dopest deal I've yeah, ever seen man. in my life. Yeah. Bought out, yeah. got every dime. He was, you know, quote unquote, traded to Atlanta, but we already knew the buyout was going to happen. Then in yeah. the short days after that, he signed with uh, Houston and now, Houston. and actually got $2.4 million for signing there. So the, the man made like $30 million. <laughs> He got, got a big bag and a small bag. Yeah, and he's with a better team. He got a, and with a better team. So I, I hope that in his case, uh, you know, there, there are some players that I, I just believe that deserve to win a ring. And, you know, I'm not saying Melo does. I'm saying Chris Paul does. Right. <laughs> I hope that he does not mess this up. You know, this is one of those situations where – you don't upset the apple cart, dude. Don't go in there talking about you need to be a starter. You're not coming off the bench. Don't do the same stuff that you did in OKC when you get to Houston. Don't upset that apple cart. First of all, you're only there for $2.4 million. That's like you know me and you working somewhere for $20. They can let asses go after minute one. Right. So he, he needs to realize with a $2.4 million um, salary, you're expendable. So don't go up in there and thinking that you're mellow of of Denver. And see, that's because you're not. And that's my question. My question is, now that you have three ball dominant players, three people that bounce all the air out the ball, Melo yeah. doesn't cut and slash. James Harden doesn't. No, cut he does slash. You know, nope. CP3 needs it to run the offense when healthy. How does this yeah. actually? This this to me is almost worse than the situation he was in. And OKC, but I mean, he averaged 16. It was a sloppy 16, yeah. I guess. And yeah. One of his, I get it was his worst year on record because he was not the focal point. But it was probably the most unnecessary 16 points I've ever seen scored on average yeah. in by anybody in a season because it amounted to nothing. It was like garbage time points, pretty much. And unless uh, and unless he he truly understands where he can be key. Which, in my opinion, he can be what James Harden was when he first came to the league—a really solid six man and run the second team. Exactly. But right. He's got so much pride, you know. I don't know if that works out for him, because if he's a starter, then that slows their pace. Houston was known for running and gunning and shooting. Man, you know, I, I mean, if Melo gets the ball, Melo Melo plays ISO ball too too much. He holds yeah. the ball too much. Like you said, he bounces he bounces the ball, bounces all the air out of the ball. He's probably by far worse than anybody else in the league to me. Yeah. Uh, so sure. you're right, but he can't. I don't think that he can run the offense with the second team because he's going to dominate the ball. True. And so with that said, yeah. you know, uh, again, uh, we'll give some some happy shout outs and parting ways for him because ultimately he got his number one choice in where he wanted to play. Yeah, he got his number one choice, which and... is thirty million dollars. <laughs> well, definitely got thirty mil in a second. And Houston is second. No, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He turned out. I mean, it was the greatest thing I ever heard in my life. You gonna get your full paycheck plus another paycheck and go play for the team that you know came in second in the Western Conference last year. So, wow. Ultimately, is all. I that's the say. supreme come up. That's the sure. supreme come up right there. So that's it for the ticker, man. We keep rolling through. So here's something that's near and dear to me. Now we've met, we've we've mentioned this briefly throughout the show, but we've never took the time to just dive in. And I think it's just been like highlight points to another subject. But here's 
here's something that that I wanted to you know open the floor to to the acid doctor, and hopefully this one hits on you know some of the listeners, and they actually have some commentary too for us. But how do you feel? How thick is the line, okay, between fan and fanatic <laughs> when it comes to everything, sports, music, I, entertainment I, in general, when people are I, I think, expressing themselves? Um, damn good question. Damn good question. And I think we blur that line regularly. Um, and I, I think we tend to blur it on the side of uh, confusing fandom with fanatic. Okay. It's easy for us to assume that a fan is fanatical. Now we're going to use me and you, and our our our, <laughs> our constant, you. our constant every season, every year, uh, dialogue about sports. Yes, uh, and it could be from anything from boxing to basketball to football, whatever. You know, we 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 like the teams that we like. True. That that's for certain. You and I like the players we like. We like the teams that we like. All right, and, th- and we tend to differ in how we view those teams and and those different players. Uh, You're a fan. Now, I will sell you, for the sake of argument, um, anytime that we do have our discussions, as a fanatic, because (laughs) it makes makes the conversation more robust. Okay. You know, it gets you fired up. It gets you fired up. It gets me fired up. And ultimately, you know what? Let's, Let's really put this in the right context. This podcast... It is because of those discussions. It's that's true. That's the whole. When you think that's about how it. we came to this idea, right, right, because you and I have always been able to disagree, and it'd be cool. And it's you know, bad. it's never ugly. It's just look, I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me. Fuck it. It is what it is. And the next day we had the same fucking discussion, <laughs> and it is the same. You know, but but that's 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 how the the this podcast began. But uh, getting back to the subject. Um, a fan, a fan to me is someone who can view their team, their favorite athlete, a sport, and they can appreciate everything that's great about it. Okay. But they can also acknowledge, yeah, that was kind of fucked up, you know. Yes. Um, you know, this player in particular is great in these areas, but he don't play defense. Right. You know, that's a fan. You can see and you can look at the thing, look at everything in a, in, a, in the most objective manner. Yes. Or the, now, team, or the team and, looks bleak this yeah. year. Like it's a brand new season. Everybody's yeah. excited, but you know, I think I don't even right. know if we make the playoffs. That's, you're just being humble and honest. Okay, I'm with that. Yo, I would be fanatic if I said, "Yo, the Bulls gonna win the chip next year. <laughs> the Bears going to the Super Bowl." Yes, you would absolutely be a complete I would fanatic. Be a fanatic then. Right. Like your ass is, is, dude, you're delusional. Uh, but I'm realistic enough. I'm honest with myself enough to understand that. Yeah, we're we're some years off in Bulls management. We're some decades off if they keep fucking things up. But anyway, that's that's a whole nother podcast. But um, thinking about fanatics, um, I think that when what we're seeing now today, it goes. It's going beyond fanaticism. Is going beyond what we see in sports is going we can look at any social media platform and these people that are um, we touched on it before living for likes mm-hmm. um, when you can look at what's put out on the news or through social media and you know such and such and such and such having a, their first kid and you celebrate that shit you celebrate that more than you celebrate the birth of your own child or your own a family member's child 
you're a fanatic. If the things that 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 some famous person is doing that you have never met, you will never meet. They will never give you the time of day. You will never have dinner at their house. You celebrate their life more than they do. You're a fanatic. Yeah, you know, and what I want yeah, to you know, say to this is what's what's funny to me is like how you see the stuff on social media. You know, it'd be like hashtag look at such and such slay. Look at this. Uh, you better come through J-Lo. J-Lo at the gym. Oh my, like these little hashtags yeah. and, and up-to-date posts about these people's lives and then something that really drives me crazy, like you said, when someone is pregnant, oh my God, is Beyonce showing her baby bump on stage? Is she really pregnant? It's a thing to talk about. You know what? And there's some, there's there's different social uh, outlets, of course, like you said, of course, the pages, but there's yeah. other shows too, like, uh, what's the one? Um, oh, man. Where they always got a look, drink we, in their hand. What's the name of that show, P? TLC. All, all, all right. Look, all we need to go to is is TLC. TLC. You, you turn on TLC. First of all, let's touch on what TLC used to mean back in the day. Okay. When TLC, the learning channel, it's fucking oxymoronic now, but the learning channel was supposed to be that channel for kids after school. They go on, on TLC and they can learn different stuff, science, whatever how it evolved to this disaster that it is now do i have no idea where uh um you could marry a midget 90 day fiance all this outlandish <laughs> insane crazy let's really just fuck up life as we know it tv yeah because like what i find funny like tmz like their whole job is to go and like dig into people's yeah. lives and all the and other that, shows that, is just that, dig in the dirt it. That makes, feeds into people's fanaticism. Yeah, it, it makes does. it relative. You know, it makes it more than what it is. Right. And right. It's, if it even trickles down to small circles, because you know, there's Facebook fanatics who, you know, like I post a lot of stuff, but people post a lot of stuff about like, oh, I just did that. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then a lot of individuals like hype that. Oh my God, you're like this and you're yeah. like that, and everybody should look up to you and. You know, you guys are this and you guys are that. It's funny to me because I'm sitting there saying, do you care about your own situation? Or do you care about, and I, are I you don't, living through, vicariously through somebody else? That's what it and feels And that, like. that's exactly what it is. I think that that a lot of people, they look at their own situation and they escape. They escape into their fanaticism. They escape yeah. into these social media mediums and they escape into these different TV shows to forget or to, to you know, take a, a reprieve from their day-to-day -day life. Now, um, I get it. You know, there, there are times when everybody's life sucks, but life will pass your ass by the more you overlook it. Right. And I go to you my know, faith here. You know, one thing that you shouldn't do, because it says in the Bible, you shouldn't have any other idols. You shouldn't idolize anyone, right? And so a lot no. of people, like, I, feel like, I feel like people idolize at all levels. You know, local level, which is your normal day, your normal life. If there's a step up level, maybe that's a you know somebody that you know that's made it some way and they got a really good job, started their own business, whatever. And then it's like that higher level where you're just idolizing football players, basketball players, superstars, Jay Z, Beyonce, whatever. It's just crazy how we draw so much energy from somebody else and don't put that own put that energy into yourself. What is it that you right? What is it that you you know your goals? What is it that you strive to do? What is it that you know you're bringing to the table of life? 
instead of just talking about everybody else having a baby. I mean, I had my son three years ago. That wasn't, you know, public news. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. And it's and, just because I'm nobody or what? I don't know. It was pretty pretty big to me, though, right? So Yeah, I mean, it, it goes it goes from, from the things that, that uh, happen in, in famous people's lives. You know, they get married, they have kids, whatever, um, to, oh, my God, um, Brad Pitt and such and such is getting a divorce. Yes. People get fucking divorced every day. Every day. What? What? Why? Why is that some earth-shattering news? Yes. And shout out to the publicists of the world because I feel like <laughs> they are geniuses. Because I feel like they they yeah. they mix and match. They find these individuals that are you know like the, the topic of discussion right now. They're hot right now, and then they pair them. You know, like the, and I'm not saying this happened. Hopefully, it's true. But like the Offset and Cardi B thing, like that took over the world. A couple years ago, the Stevie J thing right. and and oh girl Jocelyn and all this other stuff from the TV show, like those people' lives, you know, Gucci Man's wedding, like all this shit gets kind of goofy to me. I'm like, not that I'm trying to be a hater. Or oh, like it that, gets it's really like, goofy. It, it, it's really about? goofy. <laughs> like, it's really goofy, and I, it's it's shit know. that's irrelevant to everyday life. These people, like, this is one of your favorite statements, and, and it's real and relevant, especially in this this context. Okay. They ain't paying me and they ain't paying my bills. Why the <laughs> fuck? Excuse me. Why should I care about who gets divorced, who gets married, who's buying a house, who did what? Um, um, Floyd who? posting pictures of his fucking watches on, 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 on Instagram. None of that shit is relevant to my day-to-day life. Yes. But it's relevant to some because they allow it to be. The things that are relevant and important in your life need to be your shit. I feel that way. You know, and if it's if it's not a reality that you can agree with, change your reality. True that. Don't escape into somebody else's reality. Yeah, especially when it becomes to the to the point of almost like like a brand for you. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're a fan of somebody, you're a fan of somebody. But like in any kind of conversation, okay, where you're talking about you know statistics or you're talking about whatever, and then you go to their taglines like hashtag TMT. Like, what does they got to do with anything? We're talking about. Mono y mono, here's somebody's, you know, stat line, here's their record, who whatever. But what is you're not a part of TMT. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't pay you. No. You don't get extra points for promoting him. So it's funny to me when people always, you know, or the the biggest argument we've talked about this before offline is when you're making a point about something and then somebody talks about how much money somebody makes. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. we're talking about. I mean it's how not your play. point. Yeah, like why is that irrelevant? <laughs> why is that even a point? But he paid though, or he, or whatever. Like, who cares if he's paid? Like, we're talking about his, his, his yeah. basketball, you know, IQ or his presence on the football field. Like, it, so if it's lacking, a good comeback isn't. Yeah, but he's the highest paid, or he's making more money than me. That used to be something a lot of people said when we were little. We would be arguing about something. Well, you ain't in the league. You ain't making the money he make. What? <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> of course I'm not. That, I'm not a professional. That's the, that's the, that's the I'm, I lost the argument. Yeah. I'm just going to scratch. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's my I lost the argument exit. Yeah, but. You, you know, ain't in the league. Why <laughs> you care? So it's just I funny. care for I, the sake of argument, if nothing else. Like just, it's for the sake of argument. But fandom uh, fanaticism has gone a little bit too far, and it's and like you you pointed out this in in our, our pre chat. Uh, this is something that has gone beyond sports and entertainment. Has gone into life. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can look at there's total strangers that are revered on Instagram and Facebook, and you know, you don't even know these people. Right. But they they have millions of people following. They, I, I've seen stuff. What what is it? Um, I'm a 
uh, a brand maker. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. I, 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 there, there's, there's people with these, these titles in their names. Um, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You're a brand maker? You're on Instagram. What does that mean? Yeah. I, I, maybe I don't know everything about the ins and outs of Instagram and Facebook and social media. Um, I just tend to like living in the day-to-day real world. Right. Um, <laughs> I I have Instagram. I don't use it for you know what like most people do. Um, there's nothing personal. My life is not spelled out on Instagram, right. and I don't care who likes who doesn't like my my page is private. I'm not out here trying to seek you know millions of followers so I can make a brand. I can be a brand maker or whatever the hell that is. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that over the the, the course of uh, this whole social media craze it's it's not a craze man I, I think that it's it's an epidemic because mm. until until we actually get a hold of what it's capable of it's capable of good and it's it's, it's equally as bad until we get a hold of it um, what we're seeing in regards to f- fanaticism is only going to get worse we're creating another generation of kids that are exposed to this stuff on a day in and day out basis so, you know, how far out of reality are we going to let people slip? Right. And we pay, that becomes a question. We, we pay homage to, you know, our Living for Likes episode. Um, you know, this had a little bit different spin on it, though, because, you know, like I said, we were talking about how people just, you know, love to post. And, hell, I, I like to post, too. But when I post, you know, ultimately I'm just doing what I like. I think a lot of people are looking for that attention whether it's the comments so they can have a long feed or whatever um or whatever you know one thing for me um i post now more than i'm here but that was one thing we were actually briefed you know i just want to put that out there so a lot of things have changed you know where i am and it's it's a lot more lenient so one of the ways to affect um your family positively and you know your community your community positively is by uh updating what you're doing showing them what you're doing kind of you know alleviating the stress that was something that we got briefed right. honestly when we, as soon as we got here it was like hey look use social media for a positive reason so let people know that you're okay let people know that you're doing well by showing the things that you're going to do you're going to live and experience a lot here if you if you look to live and experience a lot here and so that's what i do here so yeah. i've posted far more here than i've done back home um, but that's something that I found that helps everybody. It helps my my family yeah. and friends and because they know I'm cool. They talk a lot of stuff. We joke yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But ultimately, everybody know that mentally I'm doing fine. Now, staying on right. on, on task. That that definitely helps. Uh, real quick, because I I'm old enough to have deployed when there were no computers, or there might have been a computer center, and you had to jockey for time. So the communication was lacking. You know, right. my first deployment, man. And, um, I was gone for. I think six months, and um, I know I, there were probably times I, weeks would pass, and I didn't talk to my family. Yes, and I dealt you with know, that some too I, on Tanisha's deployment, so I know what you mean. Right. Yeah. So you know this this is you know social media. This is one of those those great things that you just pointed it out. You get visual evidence that you know you you post your your videos of you in a gym and different pictures of you know you out on on doing doing work or um, when you're out along the base. That gives us people that care about you, your friends and your family, uh, you know, visual evidence that you, you're doing well. You're yeah, fine. Yeah, daily you know? life is still happening, you know. You're, exactly. You're doing right, fine. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. I think one thing that I speak to, though, you know, like I feel like a lot of this stuff comes from, like, in- insecurities and maybe a little bit of envy. Like I think a lot of people attach, like you said earlier, a lot of people attach themselves to 
this fanaticism because they envy what they see and it's their own insecurity. You know, I can't be famous or I can't do X, Y, Z. So therefore, I'm all about this one over here. I feel like that there's yeah. a lot, like we talked last week uh, when we were talking about, you know, the black community and how you could support certain things but not always agree with everything. I feel like you could still be very pro whoever, you know, that person's doing good for the black community, this person's doing great for the, you know, the world as a whole and still not get to the level of craze where everything they do, Except, yeah. you know, like, You're right. the one You're thing so I right. want to touch right. on before I get out of here is like Beyonce. She's a beautiful woman. She's a visionary. She has talent. But I feel like Beyonce is so powerful that if she says, I'm going to do something or I want to do something and you are the person that's denying her, she almost has enough power to ruin you. And a lot of people don't yeah. understand that. She's stolen people's shine when she co- uh, Co halftime show hosted with Coldplay a few years ago, like that was their show. Yeah, you know they yeah. they they were that, and then all of a sudden they threw it in there. You know why? They, you know why? In my opinion, why she wanted Proud. it is because well, because honestly, yeah. I think she wanted it because of the number that was Super Bowl Fifty. That was commemorative. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I done that. The whole thing at, at the Obama's inauguration, you had to sing there, like for real. Like, I mean, I just feel like she blows herself up so much, but there's so yeah. many fanatics behind her that. They'll spend three, four hundred dollars to go see her sing and dance and all that. And yeah, they're putting money in her pocket, so good for her. Yeah. But it's like the craze is ridiculous. People follow her everywhere. She's just the the best and the greatest. I'm like, y'all need to calm down. Y'all have turned this woman into an idol, almost a god. Jay Z and it's, her, it's like gods. It's I would crazy. say it started that's that started with Oprah. Really? I think it started with Oprah. Oprah is a brand. Mm-hmm. Oprah is a brand, you know, right. when, and, 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 and it's the same. We can name off different brands that hold that kind of reverence in, in people's lives. Yeah. Michael Jordan, he's a brand. LeBron James is fast approaching that brand status to where he can do no wrong. Um, Oprah can do no wrong. Beyonce can do no wrong. Now, we're not saying that these are horrible people. We are not saying that. Don't not misunderstand that. Not at all. What Jay-Z we're is saying is yeah. these people are people they bleed just like everybody else does yeah they got a a step up in life that's fine they're talented that's great but it doesn't diminish who you are yes by giving by giving them that level of reverence by disregarding your life and the things that you can do for yourself by your fanaticism and these people uh you give them that power but you diminish your own so what we're saying is don't forget about yourself. Yeah. You I, can appreciate you can appreciate Michael Jordan's game. You can appreciate his shoes. You can appreciate LeBron James's game and everything he's done socially, his social awareness, his social impact, the thing he's done, things he's done for Cleveland. Um, Oprah and what she's done from where she started to where she is now. Same thing with Beyonce and any anybody else that's a brand. You can appreciate what they do, but do not forget about what you can do for yourself. And, you know, and, and to say one last piece here, and it's crazy that you said Oprah, kind of simultaneously during that same time, you got to think, like, one of the most, glo- I think the probably the most prominent global icon ever was Michael Jackson, rest in heaven. Like, he took over true, true. the world. Very true. Not just yeah. the country. I mean, the world. He had people blacking out and passing out in every country <laughs> in the world. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely revere those people for what they've done, where they stand, what they stand for. 
but like I said, not to sound crazy, but if Jay-Z and Beyonce is having a baby, well, congratulations and next story. Why are we, why are we exactly. following the pregnancy right. every day and all the updates? And, yeah. Oh my goodness, she just went to her her three-month appointment and she's her belly bump. Like That's the type of stuff that gets so much attention and we forget about the real problems of the world. Um, so, yeah. you know, we had our little rant. I just wanted to throw that out there. That I've been holding that in for a while. I guess I could have said that a few shows back. But it just it just, it just, just gets crazy because now, like I said, I'm seeing it on the smaller levels, like circles within circles. But you know what? This is, the perfect, this is the perfect time for us to talk about that because we are about to touch uh, things that happen in everyday life that tend to get overlooked for belly bump stories and, um, you, you know, go. who's getting married stories, um, who's cheating on whose stories, these kinds of things that are overlooking relevant news stories that are both good and bad, okay. funny and sad. I mean, these are things that, that I found, um, you know, in the news, um, in my news feeds that I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people may or may not know about them because you don't see them on, um, you know, the cable news channels, the, the primary news channels, they're they're inundated with um, their ratings and they, they only show what they want people to see. Um, so, you know, this is where uh, the part of the show where, you know, I just call it, you know, awareness. Just just be aware of the things that are happening around you that you excuse me, you may not see on everyday news. Uh, these are some really good stories and some really sad stories. And we touched on a really sad one to start the show. Uh, about the uh, the situation at the BART station in Oakland. Uh, you know, so, you know, I just want to, I'm going to start to, to I'm going to mention show, well, different um, stories, and we can discuss them from there. Um, so I would like to start with a uh, situation in California. You know, this is, this is, this, this story here uh, highlights what you mentioned about um, reap what you sow. If you're going to call the police, you're going to call somebody on somebody just doing good, trying to do something for themselves, and you want the police to come, there's, it's begun to show that there, there's repercussions that need to, that, that are being paid. Okay. Um, you know, so um, a health inspector, uh, the police were called on this, this kid in California uh, because he was selling hot dogs outside of his house. He's selling hot dogs to raise some money uh, to buy himself some new school clothes because, you know, it's a, it's around that, that time where school is about to be back in session nationwide. So um, the cops had the health inspector come out and the health inspector bought this boy a um, a permit so he could sell the hot dogs. <laughs> so, yeah. so he, so the call was to try to stop him, right? Right. Initially yep. try to stop him. And then the health yeah. inspector shows up, understands what's going on, probably does something that's, you know, technical, by the book, and then grants the young man a permit. Yeah, bought so, the kid a permit. Now, here's the question, because I don't know. I don't know how this story works out. Now, was that the whole intent of the call? Hey, it's okay to sell hot dogs. We want to make sure you do it the right way. So... Ultimately, if you get a permit, I'm okay with it. Or is it more, you know, I don't like what you're doing. This seems to me to be wrong. Therefore, I hope that they shut you down and end your day. Which one do you think it was? <laughs> it was the end. Of, it was the end that kid's day. Exactly. Uh, and the story reads: uh, Jaquan Faulkner has been using his uncle's old hot dog roaster to run a hot dog stand um, from his neighborhood, which he calls Mr. Faulkner's old-fashioned hot dogs. 
young teen has been uh, running a small business for the last few summers to help the cost of uh, school clothes. But to a surprise, someone called the health department to shut him down. And, and, and I misspoke. It's not in L.A. It's in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. So uh, this is another one of those situations where I don't like what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, let me be, you know, the hot dog police. <laughs> like, you know, how how bitter in your life do you have to be to look at a kid doing something for himself, doing something constructive for himself to fucking call the health inspectors or the police on these kids? No, this I... is the second such instance that we've talked about in the last month about somebody messing with kids with using the police to mess with kids last time it was water this is a kid. lemonade or something yeah right? it was what it was it was water it was water, water. <laughs> girls selling water in san francisco you know how how bitter in your life do you have to be to look at situations like that and be like ah so think about how everybody's changed you know yeah you go back to the summers of kids with kool-aid stands you or you know lemonade stands you know we used to have the candy lady that sold candy out of her house nobody bothered her hell every kids would push a lawnmower around the hood hoping to get you know a grass cut yeah. you know for five bucks like these yeah. are things that were normal these were look they, you you grew up in the midwest i know winter times you walked around with a shovel going house to house hey can i show you snow yeah that was a thing yeah that, that was a thing. thing you 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 got money you got pocket money that way yeah. And it was a noble thing. It's you're not out there stealing. You weren't. These kids are not stealing. They're not out here causing, you know, pain on anyone. Yeah. They're doing something for themselves. They're being proactive, being constructive. And the first thing that somebody does when they see them is call the police. Now, are you serious? Again, I hate to play devil's advocate. Okay, because we mm-hmm. discussed the first. No, time. no. It, yeah. it, it was it was African American kid again, Jaquan. Right? Yeah. Okay, so the yeah. first the first young girl was an African American kid too. Yes. The black girl is yep. water. Okay. Yeah. So, again, I'm not trying to be, you know, devil's advocate or just say this thing. And it's not always about race. But what I'm saying is I just moved from Ohio in a predominantly uh, white area called Beaver Creek. And, and like you said, in the summers, I'm sorry, in the winters, there were kids that came around with shovels. You know, their parents would they would actually drive the kid around. A kid would jump out, shovel it real quick. you pay him. I know I paid quite a few after one of my neighbors yeah. moved away. Um, I made my neighbor Dan moved away. He used to take care of our cul-de-sac. But that winter after, I'm like, yeah, I, I can do it myself. But if this kid's gonna do it, I'll help him out. I give him five bucks. Those did nobody call the cops on them? <laughs> did nobody no. say, hey man, there's a, a kid running around with a shovel, shoveling driveways, actually helping people? I feel like you should come out here and make sure they got a business license. <laughs> like, no. Thank you, kid, because it's cold it, and it's freezing, and I'm glad that you decided to do yeah. it. So I didn't have to. And I just want to do it. And I don't want to do it. I mean, it's hot out here. And, you know, yeah. if a kid's coming around to try to do something, you know, hey, can I, I, you know, blow the weeds from your yard? Yeah, go ahead, dude. Yeah. Appreciate it. Here's five bucks for you. You know, here's a bottle of water for you. But it, it's when these kids are doing something for themselves instead of um, supporting them. You know, we're seeing a rash of people having the cops called on, which is absolutely ignorant to me. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to be a bitter person to call the police on a kid. Is trying to do something for themselves, especially a, a child. Yes, when they're doing. How do you it, look at? Yeah, when they're doing it in the right and, it, and they're doing it in the right capacity, and we know at 10, 11, 12 years old, it's going to be rare that they're going to have permits, they're going to have licenses or whatever. These are just kids who are learning what work is, learning how exactly. to fend for themselves in the sense of if I want anything in life, I'm going to have to work for it. 
And so you're yeah. taking that away from them almost by saying, oh, well, they're not legal. So anyway, it's that, going to be that, love that, the kids that's that just, the kids. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, we're, uh, it just creates cynicism in these kids. You know, they're, they're second-guessing, should I? Well, somebody's going to call the police on me if I do this. Right. I'm going to get harassed. You, you're taking that, that desire from these kids to do something for themselves. Uh, uh, anyway. All right, what's this next one to up? me, this one, this one to me is kind of that that one was heartwarming, but this one to me is kind of funny. This is truly the reap what you sow story. Okay. Um, father and son spew hate um, at a California immigration rally. After video goes viral, the son loses a scholarship. <laughs> I love this stuff. I love it. Um, a young Trump supporter from Central California lost his wrestling scholarship after being caught happily spewing hate on camera alongside his father and a friend. Now, this happened June 30th. Uh, Bronson Harmon and his father uh, were at that rally and uh, spewing things at, at, you know, immigrate. Well, people that support immigration um, about, you know, uh, they, how they should go back and we're going to build a wall and, you know, some other hateful rhetoric uh, and the school that uh that he was planning to attend i'm looking for it now uh, they revoked the scholarship so again shout out yeah. Cal polytech what is it what was it california polytechnic polytechnic state university and san luis obispo okay. <laughs> they revoked the scholarship yeah so that's a good thing that they're you know actively following social medias and local you know, news, and they're actually aware of what's going on because here you are, you know, letting a ch a kid come into your school that's going to potentially spread that type of you know hate on campus yeah. and 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 dis yep. dis uh, enfranchise other MP other people as they go forward trying to knock them down and all this other stuff. That's what I'm saying, man. Sometimes you can get caught up in a situation that's bigger than what you know, and you don't even understand what you're doing until something like this smacks you in the face. And again, I'm not trying to throw all yeah. this hate towards just the administration, but I feel that that was, that was the almost, that was probably the most unsettling campaign to run on. We're going to make America great again. But like we already yeah. talked about, but for who? Versus Obama saying, you know, this is the time of change. You know, yeah. so you can look at one, and look at the other and make arguments from both sides. I get that. But I'm saying a lot of people wear this shield almost. This It's like this shield that they wear that gives them this new freedom to just express themselves however. And they don't think they're going to be accountable. So it could be something as small as, you know, losing a scholarship. Or something that we actually going to touch on a little bit later, which is funny. What happened outside of Maxine's... Uh... <laughs> Matter of fact, let's bring that one up now. What happened outside of Maxine's... Uh... Was it her court hearing? So what, what, what did she have going on? It, it was it was at her campaign headquarters. Campaign the Oath, Oath, Oath Keepers, they're they're a alt right group, um, and you know they were following um, all of the the discourse between Maxine Waters and um, and the administration. They obviously didn't agree with what Maxine Waters was, Waters was saying, and they said that they would go and protest um, at her, you know, wherever she was in L.A. Now, her main headquarters is in <laughs> the south side of Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay, let's see that happen. So a bunch of uh, union workers that, that live in that area, um, they all got together, and they were set up to counter-protest 
when the Oath Keepers showed up. And the only people who showed up was the cops to tell them that the Oath Keepers weren't coming. But they put it out there that, hey, if Yeah, you, if they you put come, it out there on the website. Yeah. No, no, they, they, they said, the cops said, if y'all come out here, we can't guarantee safety. Because, you know, they showed a few of them that actually showed up. They had oh, some, yeah. some metal bats and all this. But Dog, there was old a... people did not. They don't want none of South, South Central. They don't, <laughs> right. want none, they don't want none of South Central. There was a whole you mob know? ready to tear it up. So we laugh and we chuckle. But in all honesty, this could have turned into, you know, what happened in the early 90s with Rodney King and all that. They could have got kind of crazy. We, we It could have got crazy out there. California has shown they know how to act up if they need to act up. So I'm glad that that didn't happen. And we're definitely not promoting that See, type but, of violence. But but what we're seeing is we're, we're seeing that, that people of color are not – this isn't the 60s. You know, this isn't the, you know, um, you know the quiet protests and, and – uh, people of color are taking a stand now. They're standing up and saying, no, we ain't taking this shit. We'll fight back. Right. Um, and we've seen and we talked about previously, you know, the different uh, videos that have gone viral of, um, you know, white people approaching black people, saying the N-word, being derogatory, and they getting hands, hands on them yes. immediately. You know, um, exercising white privilege, walking to the front of a line in, in a crowded uh, lunch counter. No, that ain't happening. I we both saw the video. This dude got tossed around like a, a rag doll. Right. You know, you, you can't. It's the level of disrespect that we are seeing in this country today is horrific. Um, and again, you know, if you you're one of those people that that feel the need to, you know, you want to assert your your privilege, you might want to think twice because the outcome can go either way. The outcome can be you can have hands put on you or like we're going to touch on in several cases, people losing jobs and getting locked up. You know what? You decide you, you the decide. outcome that you want. Now check this out, though. I think th- I think this is a perfect segue, though. For and I don't want to get you out of your order, but just the way you set that up, talk about because this is something that was real uh, gut wrenching and and kind of hard to believe. Talk about what happened in Florida. Stand your ground rule again. Talk about that. Oh my God, man! Um, two black guys. You know. One guy walks up there. They're at a convenience store and uh, one guy walks up and he's he's, you know, talking to the the other guy's girlfriend. You know, she she was being disrespected. Basically, the guy, his girlfriend and their son is at this store. So the guy goes up. He pushes the guy out of the way. He defends his girlfriend. The guy that he pushed pulls out a gun and he kills the man. Mm. Cops say no charges. It's stand your ground. Now, here's where that gets kind of goofy. Now, we already know what happened with Trayvon, so we're not even going to bring that up. Rest in heaven, Trayvon. But, and what, so what's supposed to happen there? Am I supposed to brandish my gun first? Hey, you messing with my girlfriend. I got a weapon. I'm showing you I got a weapon so we could turn this into the okay, you know, corral. Or, yeah. I mean, okay, yes, there, there's, there's some a little bit of, Yes, over here, a little bit. Yes, over here. He did put hands on him first by shoving him. Right. But you now, while dude disrespect. was on the ground, yeah, and and the girl says she felt threatened by the guy. So right. he comes up, he defends his his girlfriend, uh, and he pushed the guy to the ground. And as soon as dude pulled the gun out, you can see it in the video, he raised his hands. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, my yeah. Best. It's the same thing like with the cops. If the cops say raise your hands, your hands are up. You are no threat. He was not a threat to this guy at that point. 
He was defending his girlfriend. And the next thing you know, now he's dead. His five year old his five year old son watches him die. Like what kind of and that that's what we talked about before. Like you can't just say or do what used to be normal. Say or do what was normal. Hey man, stop disre- disrespecting my lady. Maybe I shove you. Maybe we get into a tussle. But ultimately, right. you were talking, you know, out of your neck to her, and I'm defending her like a man should when it comes to his lady. And like you said, there's a kid there, and you, your, your stand, your ground is okay. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's something wrong it, with that thought process to me. It's too much it's, pride. It's, there. it's it, way too much pride, way too much ego, and a a law that is archaic at best. And supports it. Uh, supports it. Right. The law. The law supports that. Uh, who who passed that legislation to say? You know, if a situation arises and you feel the need to kill somebody to defend yourself, it's okay. Um, God, man, this this world lacks so so much humanity, and it's is it's horrific to even think that this is the kind of stuff that my grandkids are going to inherit at some point. Your kids are going to inherit this world at some point, and this is what they're going to get. And we've seen in the past how Florida. Now I know I said I wasn't going to bring up. Trayvon but I mean I have to I mean think about what happened in that case he's clearly being followed he's being harassed by a fake on duty security man who's asking questions that he don't even deserve to be asking he hasn't done nothing to this point then you get into a tussle you're clearly losing the tussle so now oh man I gotta use my weapon because oh don't know I started this and again stand your ground then you go back to what happened with the with the the guy it was a white member. It was a white guy and a white lady. Some kids pulled up with some loud music. He told them to turn it down. They pretty much yeah. were like leave me alone. Yeah. He killed them at the gas. Yeah, yeah, he but killed. But he them. actually got his. He actually got. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went straight to straight murder. to straight to jail, straight yeah. to court, straight back to jail. Right. Um, for so, the, for those murders. But Florida's um, wild, man. I don't know, man. I, once, <laughs> I thought I wanted to retire I don't want to in Florida once. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, the thing, though. <laughs> there are some places that that I will refuse. I will always refuse to go, and Florida is one of those places that I, I will refuse to go to uh, because of situations like this. You you can't really control a situation like this. What are you supposed to do in this in this case? Are you not supposed to confront this guy that's threatening your girlfriend? And that's because that's what that's essentially what the law is saying. Don't confront this man. Right, and I don't own weapons yet, and I plan on getting you know? weapons, but that's because I've grown a newfound affinity for them as far as just recreational. I don't feel that I need to carry a weapon on me, whatever. And, and it's not, and I don't live in a world where I think that my weapon is for protection. I think that's kind of archaic. Now, again, don't get, don't get crazy here. I understand that yeah. killings, robberies, rapes, murders, all that happen. But this is the faith in me. Maybe I'm crazy. When it's your time, it's your time. Now, there is a chance when you can defend yourself. I get that. A lot of this stuff is rolled into one big pot of, oh, my goodness, that was just the worst case scenario. But I'm saying if, right. you're, if you're walking around thinking that today I might have to kill somebody, you're in the wrong mindset. Whether you're a cop, yeah. whether you're a civilian, yeah. whatever. Because like you said, at that point, going back to last week, humanity has lost its way. When I walk out of my house and I'm living in my mind in some kind of post-apocalyptic world where everything's up for grabs. Somebody's trying to take everything, almost like the walking dead. You know, like people yeah. are coming at you in all kind of way and you got to protect your little small group because somebody will take and rob and whatever pillage where you live yeah. we don't live in that world you know we're not nomadic people who just 
walked into a new tribe of people and now we got to figure out how to coexist like but i feel like everybody who carries a weapon and i'm not trying to say it's wrong i'm not saying it's not your right but when you carry a weapon with that impression that i might have to kill somebody today what happened to using your fists what happened to standing your ground by being able to dominate the space by just your presence what anybody can shoot a weapon no, they don't yeah. make you, and then you got it. Then you have to sit there and go through all the trials and the proceedings to prove that what you did was the right thing. I don't even understand the risk reward to me is almost crazy. Like, yeah, I shot him See, and I killed him, but I'm now I'm on trial. I got to go through this. You know, process. I, I I think that a logical mind, at least you know, for me, I try to I, I I pride myself on looking at situations and considering all the potential outcomes before I make a decision about it. Um. And I think that's that's a, a process that a lot of people don't have a grasp of, uh, because, you know, when you we can go from this situation, which to me is the pinnacle of a lack of, of, of foresight, a lack of thought to the situation where uh, the lady calls uh, the police on the, the, the kid with the hot dogs, you know, well, with, with the water. All right. I'm quite sure at no time whatsoever did she take 10 seconds to pause and say, OK. What's the potential outcome for this? All right. What could possibly happen? Could I, could this, this kid could best case in her desire. I'm going to assume I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to beat her for, for a second. Best case, the cops come and they stop the girl from selling water and the noise is gone. I got what I want. No, everything's good. I go about my day. Worst case, everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a video. The cops may not show up or the cops may turn this back around on me and say, look, stop wasting taxpayers money and leave us alone. Let the girl sell water. Oh, OK. Since you're calling the cops, somebody's video in this shit mm-hmm. and it goes viral and it affects my livelihood. Right. And that's that's that was the outcome. Yep. It affected her livelihood. And when we touch on on coupon, Carl, <laughs> him and his manager, they lost their jobs. It affected their livelihoods. People, take 10 fucking seconds and think. Think about the potential outcomes. You may not get the one that you want. Well, you mentioned them. And is the one you want even worth the potential of you not getting what you want? So that's, that's the same. The other potential Carl. outcome? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What happened to Kool yes. Carl? What, 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 what happened All right, what so, happened to him? So, hey, CVS Pharmacy issued that woman an apology. Um, her, she was in, in good standing with that coupon. It was a manufacturer's coupon and they do honor those. Um, they, you know, they pride themselves, CVS, uh, pharmacies pride themselves on, um, having an all inclusive environment as far as work and for their customers. And they invite customers of all walks of life mm. to come in to their stores, to their pharmacies. Uh, so they fired the, the, the manager and the guy that made the phone call. Coupon call is now jobless, Carl. <laughs> you know so look we all and 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 in the midst of all that we touched on that he, he's he was already um investigated for um for forging signatures on a um a, a campaign you know uh flyer or some shit that he was garnering signatures for some neighborhood initiative come to find out most of the signatures on his list he wrote and where did he get them he got them from his job he got the names from his job. Mm. So his credibility was all, already shot right there. Now, we're going to go one further with CVS Pharmacy. CVS Pharmacy is having a bad week. 
So a transgendered lady comes in and she's filling a prescription to there you go no no go ahead go ahead go ahead no so go, this, go run the... this was the this was the coupon call so i'm gonna just play a little bit of this interview. okay uh so let's just yeah. listen to this it's it's, a, it's in the all right um uh, uh, dang i forget where she was uh hold on this is all daily blast there you go so let's just play okay. a little bit of what happened when they talked about coupon carl when you were asking why the guy was shaking, because when black and that's your skin is the weapon, then yes, that does heighten people. That's the reason why he was shaking, because he was alarmed by the situation that he had gotten himself into. But how did it, how was it weaponized? I mean, are you saying that inherently that black people make white people feel more nervous and that would call them to call the police more often? Well, more the reason why, the reason why we have so many rushes to judgment is because my skin is the weapon, yes. I oftentimes will tell my husband to handle a situation because sometimes it seems a little bit too much if I get heightened or upset. Mm. So at that point, I'll just tell him, you handle this and I'll be in the car because I understand how these things go. Yeah, he probably was nervous. He was nervous when she walked in and she had something to say that he didn't like and they had a back and forth. So he was trying to call in enforcements when this woman was just simply trying to use a coupon. He could have felt legitimately harassed. I mean, if we take race out of this and I, I really hate to put race into it because I can see someone just being like, hey, you're not honoring my coupon. Screw you. I want to know your name. I want a new number. I want to know everything about you and just hammer him. Hammer him. She did ask and for his name, apparently. But exactly. But when you do it in such a harassing tone, I can see how someone would get flustered and but say, I've got to call in for backup. Of course it is. But everything's subjective. Why is it we pick up this phone and feel the need to film every single little dang thing that's going on? You want to know why? Because happens. it's a difference between life and death. That's why. No. That's that's powerful. You see how she said it is. It was a, the reason why they picked the phone up because it's a difference between life and death. And we, we could have went further and she would have explained her point but he was clearly missing the point you know like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, in that situation we see a black woman who's defending the black side we see a white person who's defending the white side but isn't that what we always see when it comes to these racial things how often do yeah. we actually cross the lines where it's like you know what ultimately the situation that happened we can both agree that it was totally wrong and here's why but i feel like we all and this is one of those situations that are wrong yeah yeah it's wrong. it's always it, it's it takes an adversarial uh, situation, and then when it's discussed, that discussion becomes adversarial uh, instead of you know just taking plain plain old just take the facts. True. Just take the facts. All right. You know, look at what you see, and then you make excuse me, you make your judgment on it. And you know, from from what I saw and what you and I discussed last week, come first of all, what this lady's like sixty two years old. How how unless she walked in there with a pistol brandished, how threatening could she have possibly been? Mm. Well, there you go, man. And that's the thing that we hear now. This is, you know, civilian versus civilian. But that's often what we hear when cops who have all of the hands up, the weapons, the ability to arrest, to seize property, whatever. They're the ones that fear for their life. Again, we've done that so many times. We won't do that again unless something else comes up that's you know more central focus. But that's what ultimately had happened here, in my opinion. You know, yeah. I, I have the well, right to call the cops, so I'm going to do it. But so I'm going to do it. But why? We all have the right to call the police. Right. It doesn't make it right. I mean, some le- level of logic has to come in, some level of, of thought, um, and really consider what the potential outcomes would be. I'm quite sure, Coupon Carl. Did not think that he would lose his job. Oh, heck no. That was way, way out the mind. 
you know. So I'm pretty sure that guy and, that we talked about the last when yeah. he didn't think he was going to shoot and kill somebody that day either. But again, no. That, no. that spurred him on the decision, or I'm sorry, choice that spurred him on the choice, then can ultimately lead you in a bad spot. So there you go. Now, yeah. What else was you saying about CVS? I'm sorry, since, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Since you you actually kind of segue perfectly into police. Um, last Tuesday was the four-year mark of Eric Gardner's um, death at the hands of uh, New York police who um, implemented a illegal chokehold, killed this man for selling loose cigarettes outside of uh, a store in, in New York City. Uh, those cops have been brought up on internal charges um, within the New York Police Department. So um, that to me is... Look, it's it's uh, it may be four years late, but it's not too late. You know, Eric Gardner deserves justice. That was a that was the guy, the whole I can't breathe campaign. Right. Yeah. The whole I can't breathe. Yeah, it was. That's that's it. That's the one. Uh, At the time, the jury didn't want to indict the cops, despite um, New York Police Department um, governance, governing uh, documents saying that that chokehold was illegal. Right. So they didn't indict these guys. They've been working for the last four years now. Um, internally, they've been um, brought up on charges. So, you know, the outcome is still to to be determined. But it, this is to me, this is it, it's progress is late, but it's still progress. You know, and, and I want to because you mentioned police um, having the power to either decide life or death situations. Um, this is one of those that, you know, this is a perfect segue into this. Now, I'll go back to the transgendered story. Uh, lady, transgendered lady comes into a CVS pharmacy with her, her script for um, her medicine to start her transition. And uh, the pharmacist said, no, I'm taking a moral stand. I'm not filling this script. Uh, she felt, and he did this publicly. In a, in a crowded CVS pharmacy. So she said she felt, um, you know, more embarrassed, more um, made to feel ashamed by this guy. So she she walked out, she left. And, uh, you know, it, it got she really felt the discrimination, discrimination towards her her gender, her the transgender community. She really understood what that meant. Um some fr- she complained to some friends. They complained to CVS pharmacy management, and they do have a policy where if a pharmacist wants to take a moral stand, they can do so. But they passed that script on to someone else. He didn't pass that script on to someone else. Now I don't know if the guy still, if the pharmacist still has his job or not. But this just highlights where we are in this world, where we can look at other people and our own personal hangups um, prevent us from doing our job prevents us from doing just just the his basic job fill the script give this woman her, her medicine and let her leave all right what's to say that the next person that comes in that needs something for uh, ms or als i'm taking a moral stand i don't believe in that stuff i'm not filling your script dude just do your job not everything has to be politicized not everything has to be made to be social commentary that was an education lesson for me because I didn't even know that they had, you know, that type of right because that's just that. When does it, when, where's the line drawn? Like, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I, as a pharmacist, you know, we don't live in the medieval times where you just 
trying experimental shit. <laughs> I mean, your job is to understand <laughs> medicine and understand what drugs do and how they, you know, help in ailing or I'm sorry, help in the ailments that people may have, how they actually help them, you know, feel better or in this case, help her complete a process that A has nothing to do See, with you. And this is this is where he went too far. Yeah. All right, you've been in the pharmacy. I've been in the pharmacy. Everybody's been in the pharmacy. The pharmacist never says, "What's this for?" Right. They look at the script. He went too far by asking. Yeah. Look yeah. at the script. Okay. Boom. I'm gonna fill this shit. A doctor. You got an authorized signature from a doctor. Yeah. That, so now he didn't. He took the script. I'm, I'm sorry. He took the script from it and wouldn't even give it back to her. Oh, so yeah, then that's a whole nother thing. But so yeah, I'm trying now, to make a point this, of comparison. This, and this isn't about color. This isn't about color at all. All right, and I want to put that out there. This was not a, a, a black pharmacist, a white pharmacist, and a white lady. That's all this was. This has nothing to do with, uh, about race, but this is just a different level, a different form of discrimination. Yeah, because I'm going to put a point of comparison. Like, wonder if you don't believe in birth control, which is something that's a common script. That's super common. Yes. So then are you yeah. are you saying, well, morally, I don't believe you know, in, in practicing this type of thing. Uh, so therefore I'm not feeling this. Like that's something that's, yeah. that's a bill payer for farmers, pharmaceuticals. That's what they do. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a wild morale, moral call, not morale, moral. Yeah. That's a wild moral call. Now, yeah. again, I'm not a pharmacist or whatever, and I don't study medicine to that extent. But at the same time, like you said, if it's an authorized doctor approved script and your job is to fill scripts, then I feel like you need to put your pride to the side and if it's something that you can't do then we also ultimately understand sometimes certain jobs are not for everybody no so if you can't do that not. then don't be a pharmacist because are you going to give don't be a pharmacist yeah are you going to give yeah. a prescription weed out if you don't believe in smoking weed I yeah because everybody yeah. wants a prescription weed i guarantee I mean, you the, you, might. you guys you, the, your, your 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 analogy was perfect birth control we know that that's a hotbed topic. Marijuana is a hotbed topic. Yeah. Um, but when when you think of a job, all right, these are the parameters of your job. These are the things that you are supposed to do unequivocally. All right. Some things you really don't have a choice in doing. Look, I can ask you this question and I already know the answer. Did you want to go where you are right now? I'm quite sure. No. But guess what? You signed up for it. So you went. I didn't want to go where I went. I signed up for it. and I went. And the things that happen during those deployments, during those those situations that you find yourself in because of that choice, uh, they are a part of that job. True. This man has to face someone that's going through a, a medical process that's been authorized by a doctor. And he says, fuck it, I'm going to take a moral stand. Nope, I'm not giving you that shit. And I'm not even going to give you your script back. You embarrass this person publicly. I don't know, man. She ultimately went back to her doctor, got a script, and went to Walgreens and filled it. So these businesses really, people can have, and, and as we discussed this, I'm thinking, you know, people can have their own hangups about things. People can have their own feelings, their own um, prejudices, and, and that's, that's okay. That's fine. We understand that people are different. People see things in life differently. And um, we're raised and brought up different. We have different viewpoints. And that's what makes us a great country because we have differences. Um, but when we allow those differences to dictate our actions, 
without having a conversation. Again, let a conversation influence you without having a conversation to understand the things that we don't know, understand those differences. We essentially remain cavemen. Yeah, which is what I find myself being totally, um, I guess, out of touch or, or not in tune with when it comes to some of these political campaigns when we're talking about issues like, you know, pro-choice and all that. Like, why is that something that somebody's running on? What does that got to do yeah. with what's the real problems in the world? Like, I mean, that that has always bothered me because ultimately I feel like when you make these decisions, I'm not going to use choice. When we make these decisions to do things that are maybe, you know, a moral type situation, that's something that I feel like you have to take up with your God or what you believe in. So who am I to judge Very that bad judgment or to have any kind of stance on because I don't necessarily agree. And that's definitely not something that I feel like, oh, well, this is the hottest topic in the country. That's who I'm voting for this time. What that got to do with anything? Let's talk about the real problem. Oh. Hunger, no jobs, you know, racial division. I don't want to say it to loosely, me, but I don't care that somebody chooses or does not choose to have the baby that they're with. And I'm not trying to say that in a negative tone, but ultimately that's their choice. doesn't make it right. doesn't make it wrong in my view because I don't have that power over them. They have to deal with that in whatever way they choose choose to deal with that. And whoever they believe in, they have to take that up with them. But why is that something that our country is based on? So it goes back to this lady and her transgender thing. If she has the right to do that, if she has the want to do that, who am I to have so much hate towards that whole topic that I stand in her way by not giving yeah. her the drugs that she's already got approved to have? That's a whole different type of are we humane or are we not? Because I'm trying to tell you what you like or what you do or what you want is not right. And so, therefore, I have the power in this situation to deny you, and I'm going to do it. That's bullshit. Sorry. That's just yeah. the way I feel. To me, to me, it's it's a, a damn abuse of, of, of position and power. Oh, yeah. Uh, and ultimately, he did lose. The, he, CBS did fire him. So like I said, CBS was having a, a bad week. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I love how um, <laughs> they were decisive in their actions. Got to be. Coupon Carl, you got to get, man. You fucking up my money. Because like you always say, it's a business, right? Liabilities yes, like is a, this is a business. cannot affect the company as a whole because it only takes one yeah. or two major things to completely right. change the dynamic of how we're doing business. Oh, I don't fuck with Walgreens no more or CVS, whoever it was, because they yeah. don't give people their medicine. Now you ain't got to even exactly. hit, you don't even have to hit on a directive topic like they didn't give a transgender woman her medicine. You could just say they don't even they don't even fill your scripts, girl. I can hear some gossip yeah. right now. What? Yep. <laughs> Before they you know get, it, they get to choose. They get to choose at CVS whether they're gonna fill yeah. your script or not. Now they pick you get the right person, they'll fill it. Yeah, they yeah. pick it in outside the stores nationwide. You know, whatever, making it a whole nightmare, and boom, business goes in the toilet. You start losing your stocks. Can't have that. So yeah, you gotta you gotta make them decisions. Sorry, you might be a great pharmaceutical guy, great pharmacist. You were good to the company until you did this. So we all live with our actions, right? Yep. It all it all it all boils down to if you are the one signing the checks, you can make decisions like that. If somebody else is signing your check, you better do your fucking job. Yeah, that's true. All right, Pete, give me a couple more before we get out of here, man. All right. What else you got? So this this is this is another one of those good ones, man. Um. A uh, it, it's called People Over Profit. A, uh, a famed Seattle fish market was sold to a longtime employee instead of a big money holder, a big investor. Uh, this guy, uh, John, John Yokohama, Yokohama, 
uh, bought one of Seattle's most famous landmarks in 1965. He had it for 53 years. And instead of selling it to big business, big profit, and he, he could have he stood stood to make more money. He sold it to one of his, his employees, man. Well, that's good on him, man. Didn't let the the big corporate yeah. buy him out. That's what we see right. all the time. Yeah, you know we see we see people chasing that dollar every day, um, and this is one of those feel good stories because he passed on that that history that he developed over fifty three years to someone who was intimately knowledgeable about that history. So that Seattle landmark remains a landmark. Who knows what big business will do? We see what big business does. I mean, you know, we see the the impact in Amazon. We talked about this last week, the big, uh, the the impact in Amazon and Walmart has had on business. And we see, um, you know, cultural icons like Toys R Us shut down because they can't compete. Now, see, I I actually have a more personal story. I'll actually say this. Uh, I'm paying homage to my grandfather. We watched as our community changed where they grew up. Everybody ultimately sold out to this major corporation. Actually, no pun intended, it's called Major Tool. But their whole idea was to buy up all the old black properties as these individuals, these grandmothers, these grandparents, these these patriarchs and matriarchs of the community started to die off. Instead of them allowing the next generation to take those properties on, they just threw money at a you know disenfranchised community, and ultimately these people bought in and sold their houses and land for you know next to nothing, ten thousand, fifteen thousand. Well, my grandfather he owned a lot of little plots. You know, he owned about anywhere between seven and ten, I can't remember, and a few of them had houses on it. One of them actually had a building. And we still have it in our family because my dad kept that same lineage. So my grandfather would always say a very crazy number. You can have it all for a million dollars. Of course, they laughed that off. But at the same time, he's actually hindered their growth because they own. It's kind of like Monopoly. When you don't have all the properties, you can't put the houses on it. (laughs) They got this lot. They got that lot. They got this lot. But none of them connect. So therefore, they can't do what they want, which was ultimately as they were growing and building on the other side, they wanted to grow on the other side with, you know, just parking space they just because they need yeah for employees my grandfather said no and my dad has continued to say no and now we've seen you know kind of like a a changeover the community is sort of coming back you know they're building new stuff Mm -hmm. to support downtown and what's going on down there and my father just keeps saying hold on hold on hold on one day it's gonna be worth something and at first you know i was like dad you're crazy it's gonna be worth something oh oh my god it's I'm seeing it come to fruition a little bit as it gets closer and closer and closer. And and even though this was a long project, 20, 30 years, I'm 36 years old now. So I've seen the whole thing. It's taken a while, but my father always knew, but he always knew what my grandfather told him. So he kind of kept that lineage. And so um, as I look at it now and I'm much older and much smarter, I'm glad they made that decision. But going back to Seattle, I mean, that's that's the way you do it. This is how you keep something alive. Yeah. Because they come in and tear it down and turn to something else, then boom, it's, it's nothing no more. All you do is have memories. You know, so it's one of it's that fish market that I'm sure everybody has seen. You know, on, on, on different you know maybe commercials, TVs, somewhere you've seen it somewhere right. where these guys are tossing these big ass fishes and they're catching it. Yeah. You know that that fish market. It's that one. Oh, okay. So that's the one that they always show at the, the Seattle games when they when they have Monday night yeah. football or Sunday night football. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that one. Oh, okay. That's the one. He well, sold, on that him. guy sold that fish market to to uh, one of his former employees. So you know that that was that was a really good story. Uh, there's right. another. Just since we're there, uh, we're gonna close out real quick. Well, pretty soon. But I wanted to just throw this out there. This is just one little factoid that um, I don't think that you know a lot of people are even aware of. Um, after Columbine, the Columbine shooting, uh, 10,000 
cops were hired as resource officers. No, and they were supposed to be in these schools to stop school shootings. 10,000, you say? 10,000 of them. Okay. They haven't stopped a single school shooting. But, but over a million kids of color have been funneled in and out of the legal system for various reasons from these schools. Now, that's an interesting stat. You know, one might say that's a stretch, that's a reach. How are you comparing two different things? But think about what you're saying. You're hired to do a job. And just this year, when we had that podcast maybe a month ago, we talked about what? There was already like 60-some school shootings. Yeah. So we're talking Columbine was what, late 90s? Yeah, late 90s. Late 90s. So you're old for what? All 20 some years <laughs> of yeah. stopping what you were hired to do, but then yeah. to, to flip that, look how many kids have been wrangled up and put into the system. I don't know. Yeah, they, they've been feeding schools are now feeding the, the, the school to, to prison pipeline now hmm. with with the help of these resource officers who are there to who, who are supposed to be uh, protecting the school, protecting these kids. Now, we all know we've. We've been in schools. I've done shit to get in trouble in school. I didn't go to jail. No. I went to the principal's office and got my ass whooped. Or <laughs> the principal will call home, call my mom, who you should not call and interrupt her watching her soap operas. When that happens, I get my ass whooped twice. Yeah. She's not happy about that. Yep. Okay. Right. She's not happy about that. But instead of doing that now, hey, resource officer's there. He's going to call. The, the, the police department have patrol car come pick up and these kids are getting charges put on them. They're in the system and in their teens, they're already in the system. And you see, this is so a, you've already ruined these kids lives. This is in, in school. And this is a touchy subject, too. We, we all know the whole education process is you're supposed to go to school, learn and then become, you know, a good Samaritan and a good social citizen going forward. But we understand that. You know, like anything else, when a bunch of minds clash, a bunch of different individuals clash, there's going to be some chaos. Now, what you say, unless there was a no-kidding, knockout, drag-out riot, more than likely, if there was a fight in the school, that just ended in the principal office. You know, a few weapons snuck into the school or whatever, but in my case, growing up and where I grew up, I didn't ever remember hearing about guns coming into the school, and I I went to some pretty shitty schools. I went to some pretty shitty schools. So my point to this, what I'm trying to make real quick, is something back in the day that was handled like, okay, yeah, two individuals got in a fight. Yes, we don't promote that in school, but all that equals is a couple days suspension, whatever. Now these are like almost direct arrests sometimes. Yeah. Off of, off of a fight. Now I'm not saying that's okay. I'm not saying like, oh, a fight shouldn't be turning your head the other other way, but you're right. Like you're going to get put in the system at 14 years old as a sophomore, 15 years old as a sophomore because you got into a fist fight. I yeah. mean, yeah. that just shows. And again, we, we are, you know, we can tie a lot of bunch, a lot of stuff to this. Teachers don't get paid enough. Schools don't get funded enough, so on and so forth. But we went so far away from when the paddle was the direct rule <laughs> to yeah. now this is how you deal with things. You know, school shooting. Don't touch the kid. Call the resource the officer. The resource officer is going to call the police. The police going bring come in, come in and take the kid. And, and we could do a whole nother show on the prison industrial complex. I'm not going to go there. You know, you know, that's a sub is near and dear to me yes. um, because I, I think it's ruining our society. But anyway, but to you know, it's prison, just big business. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, but to mention prison, like that's that's the next step for, to fortify schools. Like you almost have to have that type of entry and exit to make sure, you know, gun violence doesn't happen, to make sure school shootings don't happen because ultimately, you know, when the kid can bring in, you know, a AR-15 or M4 or whatever, some kind of automatic rifle and get it all the way into the door and then do whatever damage they're going to do, whether you're a cop or not, what's your chance of stopping that? They're yeah. not armed with that. So I'm saying it's, it almost has to come down to that, like where the school bus and all the, you know, transient students that come in with their parents, they're stopped X amount of feet outside of school grounds. It's like a processing dog <laughs> looking and sniffing for shit. Yep. Like it takes you a Search whole hour. Yeah, you got to get to school a whole hour before school just to get into school type thing. You know what I mean? Like hey, that's what kind of crazy we coming to. No more yeah. off campuses type stuff. Cause, you know, I got to the point in high school where you can leave campus, go to lunch, do yeah. Things. I I love that. Probably, I you love probably shouldn't supposed to be able to do it. We just leave that there. But go and not come back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, them shoes come out at noon. I'm gonna go grab them, grab some food, and I'm then going I'm to lunch. lunch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm gonna go to a movie after get these shoes. But but you know when when I think about this this topic this part right here. Uh, this this uh, this story we're talking about um, this the last school shooting in Florida. That resource officer didn't do shit. He hid. Yeah. So I, I wonder how many kids did he funnel to the jail in the process of him supposedly being there to protect the school from potential shooters. And when a potential when a, sh- a shooter did appear, he hid. Makes it makes for an interesting discussion. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's crazy, but um, you know, we're gonna end with one really, really, really touching story. Um, this to me is the epitome of humanity, um, and and what we can all strive to be. Uh, so I'm just gonna read this, the title of the story: Young black man walking down an Alabama road is stopped by police. When what happens next is amazing. Okay, here we go. Um, we already we already know we we've touched that nauseum on different you know stories about people of color being stopped by police, and we already know the outcomes of a lot of these different stories. But there's occasionally that one story that's kind of like wow. Okay, and this highlights. This is what we we touched on last episode and a couple episodes uh, uh, previous to it. Not everyone is good at their job but there are some that are great at their job we tend to get the the stories about the ones that are really really shitty at their job all right coupon carl uh the cops that that choked out eric gardner you know those are those are the, the 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 catchy headlines those are the ones that are that that you know people feel are newsworthy worthy but what we don't hear about are stories like this so here we go. Walter Carr's family, uh, family home was destroyed by Hurricane Katrina, so they moved from New Orleans to Birmingham, and now they live in Homewood, Alabama. All right, he's a 20-year-old student at Lawson State College, and he started the process of joining the Marines. So uh, he got a job at Bellhop's Moving Company, which was 20 miles away from where he lived at. He didn't have a car, uh, didn't have a bike. So in the late afternoon, the day before he was supposed to start, um, his, his car at the time it broke down there's no public transportation in this rural area so 
what does he do? He decided to get some sleep from 8 o'clock to midnight. He got up at midnight and he started walking these 20 miles. By 3 a.m., cops rolled up on him. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, I'm going to work. Oh, get in. They drove him a considerable amount of the way. They took him to a church, probably halfway between where they picked him up and his job. They dropped him off there, told him to get some rest. Our relief will come pick you up and take you the rest of the way. Wow. These are white Alabama cops. Wow. Look, people, look, people, we are we don't we're not here to indict cops. We're here to talk about bad cops, but we also want to talk about good ones. These are some great ones. Wow. So he leaves. He woke up from the church. He woke up 30 minutes before, um, you know, the, the, the cops were relieved and he started walking those 30 minutes. Cop pulls up on him again. Hey, are you um, what's his name? Walter. He's like, yeah, I am. He was like, hey, I'm supposed to pick you up. Come on, get in. I'll take you the rest of the way. Amazing. Yeah, they took him the rest of the way. They took him the rest of the way to his job. He got there a little bit early like he wanted to. Um, so he wanted to make a really good impression on his boss. These cops went one further. They went one further. They put this on Facebook. The kid's boss found out about it. The, the kid's boss gave him a car. That's, yo, that, now see, that's when we're talking about when Facebook can be positive. So yes. these cops did a right thing. Hey, look, this is what happened with this situation. You know, I don't know how they how they you know hyped it, or I won't say hype. I don't know how they they put it out there, how they publicized it. But again, they put it on Facebook. Like you said, the boss just happened to see it, and this kid gets to work for the first day, and he gets a car for showing how dedicated he was. Yeah. To his commitment of having that job and how important it meant to him because of what he's trying to do for himself. That goes back to the water story. That goes back to the hot dog, little boy. Like, understanding what it sometimes takes, hard work, sacrifice, to get to your ultimate goal. It's not something, in my opinion, that should be in any kind of way deterred. And so, luckily, because we, we, this story could have went so other crazy oh when my it comes God. to the South. We yes. already know the persecution of individuals that happened in the 50s and 60s. This probably would not be the same tale. But again, it shows that people can change. People can have a good heart and a culture and a community can grow together. So I commend and Again, I don't want to make it about race, but I commend cops. We'll just say that. Take the race off. Cops doing good what cops. they're supposed good to cops. do. Good cops doing what they're supposed Men, to good do. Good cops for doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know, we, we talked about a, a story maybe 10 episodes back where a, a cop delivered a baby. White cop delivered, oh, yeah. you know, he, he came across these two two sisters. Um, one of them was pregnant. He delivered the baby and he took them to the hospital. I mean, there are situations where there's there are outstanding cops, man. And I would love to just talk about the good things that 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 the cops do. True. We don't always have to. I, I think the world is so cynical that we we're caught up on. Let's find the next bad story. Let's find the, this bad story, that bad story. And we've touched on some bad stories. We've also touched on some really good ones. You know, the 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 health inspector buying the kid the permit. He didn't have to do that, but he did. This kid is trying to do something right for himself. And again, Walter, he was trying to do something right for himself. And these cops went above and beyond to help him get to his first day of work. You know. About that. Think about how much you have to dig to find that one good story like you just found tonight. I mean, because the other ones are highlighted with negativity. 
cop shoots, yeah. cop hurts, cop does this, cop does that. And then it's, again, we're back to that racial divide. Who's right, who's yeah. wrong, you know, whatever. But in this situation, none of that even occurred. And then just to think they went they went above and beyond because they, they were on shift. So it'd be one yeah. thing if it was just the first shift cops was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Whatever, we'll help you get here, boom, or they take you the whole way, whatever. But again, they yeah. understood the whole thing. This kid been walking all night. If you make it to your first day at work, you're going to be beat. So get some rest. Yeah. I'm going to have the second crew come in. They're going to finish what we started. We'll make sure you're there on time. Boom. Like, that's, I don't know, man. That's that's what I serve my country for. That's what I raised my right hand for. We all have individual rights. We all tie ourselves to certain bills and the Constitution and all that stuff that mean more than others and all that other crap. But ultimately, we're supposed to all be on the same team. One team, one fight. Yeah. So situations like this actually give me pride in the flag when I look at it because I understand being over here, there's a bigger commitment, there's a bigger idea, and we're maybe trying to bring this type of situation instituted over here for this country. So that makes me proud. I didn't hear about that yeah, story. Definitely. But again, like we said, the whole topic of this story is awareness. You know, this is not this is what the media isn't peddling, so to speak. They they don't put this out there. And maybe it made no, local news or Facebook, but this should have been something that made headline news. This should have been a CNN. This this is Fox. page three. This is page yeah. three like news. This this is, this is stuff that's on page three. This is a, a, a on the on, on a ticker yeah. on on CNN and Fox. Man, that's um, and, that's and you know. It's so easy for us to to be cynical and and we look at the world and through through that lens of of anger. Um, you know, you and I've had discussions offline, and you know we funneled stories to each other. And I've I've find myself like, yo, man, please don't send me no more of this stuff. True. You know, I don't want to. Because the more the more we expose ourselves to this kind of stuff, I'm not saying don't be aware that it's happening. I think that we know that it's happening. But I think when we seek these things out, we become that cynical person that and we're unaware that we're becoming that cynical person. I don't want to be that cynical person. I, I, I think it takes too much energy to be negative and to be cynical and to be hateful. Uh, and ultimately, that hatred and that cynicism that drains you and affects you in such a negative way and it affects everything that surrounds you in such a negative way that um you become bitter and those that that are around you become bitter you know you find yourself isolated from from life you find yourself isolated from good positive influences so i try not to expose myself to too much of that yes i want to be aware that it's happening but i want to find the good stories like walter's story i want to find these stories and i want to read these stories i want to feel uplifted i want to feel good about the potential that this world has that that we have as people in general, we can be better. We can do better if we choose to do better. That's, a, that's well put, man. And, you know, as, as we come to a close, I'll start. Um, I'll just say this was a good reflecting uh, episode. I mean, we did talk about some things that had some negative impact, but I think we did talk about some good things that actually had positive impact, even if the story was negative. So ultimately, if an individual lost his job for being over the top, if an individual lost their job for being for doing something they know they wouldn't they, they really didn't need to do but they felt they had the right to do it and ultimately it was wrong then that fits the bill and so what i'm saying is again we get caught up in all of the negative stuff we get caught up in the bigger picture stuff the bigger 
you know, more, I guess, sexy stories because there's some drama, there's some racial tension. Like, we all know that's what drives media. That's what they look for because it sells, you know, their brand. But it's yeah. this type of stuff right here. You know, these these local stories and their local communities that always make headline news. And in this situation, in this case, you know, we were able to drive a lot, derive a lot of this information from social media. So we showed how it could be positive. You know, we showed how you can get some quality information from it because these things are reposted and then therefore you go and dive into it yourself. But that one ultimate platform or social media helped you get there. So we covered a lot of, you know, good things and positive things that sometimes have the negative light. Um, I'm glad we were able to do a show like this. It kind of built on the show we had last week um, because we felt after last week there was more to be said about, you know, humanity as a whole and so pa i appreciate you for driving this show um i know you was passionate about it you've been sending me stuff all week you organized it outlined it um and i, I really enjoyed it man you brought them up we talked about them um and hopefully the impacts of these type of talks can can help conversation and influence conversation yeah. to our listeners and everybody else um around the world that you know are maybe not in our circle, but understand that the importance of a small story like what happened in Alabama, the importance of understanding that it's okay to speak your mind, but sometimes you got to understand there's consequence (laughs) when you think that you're out to get somebody else, you know, that shit might turn back on you. So that's kind of my piece as I close P I'll let you close with what you want to say. Uh, man, uh, I appreciate the kind words, man. I appreciate you uh, you handing me the ball and letting me uh, be the point guard for this week's episode. Uh, you do such a great job at it. Uh, you know, it was kind of nice to do it. But I'm giving you the ball back for next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in, 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 in this episode's totality to me, you know, from from fanaticism to, um, you know, what we how we let media shape our viewpoints, how we let social media shape our viewpoints and how these different viewpoints affect us internally um, on, on an emotional level, on an intellectual level. Um, I think the one thing that, that it's forgotten, it all can be summed up in one, in, in this distinct statement, the things that we allow to affect us will affect us. Only, only we have the impact to, realize and see life the way that we choose to see it now that's not to say put on rose-colored glasses and overlook the bad things that are happening but what i'm saying is don't let those bad things drive how you view life in general how you your optimism for life not every day is going to be a good day you're not going to see great things every single day you're not going to see walter's story every single day you're not going to see that kid getting a permit uh from from the health inspector every single day more often than not, you're going to see some bad shit every day. But don't let that bad shit drive you to a bad place where you begin to hate life and you look to do bad things because that becomes or it seems to you that that's the norm. Personal choice still exists. You can choose to be better. And I choose to be better. We choose to be better. And we choose to put out what we, we hope is the most positive message to kind of push the narrative of have a good conversation with somebody, learn something that you didn't know the day before and make yourself better and feel better about yourself. Own you. Only you can own you. Don't give it away to somebody else. It's 100, man. 
Um, so, you know, we at that part of the show where we give our, our shouts. So we already talked about, you know, the listeners from last week and what them comments meant to us, how we felt when you guys told us what you told us. So we'll keep doing our best to bring you quality uh, listening every week. Um, remember the socials. We're on Facebook. We're on IG. The website, www.coandthedoctor.com. While we're on the website, let me apologize. Um, I'm sorry. I have had the wrong, I guess, apparel sizing (laughs) on the website. So the shirts, so everyone knows, are unisex. Okay, so I was under the impression that they were uh, men and women's, but they are unisex. So I'm going to shout out. Um, the individual that, that takes care of that for us, uh, Modern Influence. So I am sorry, ma'am, for getting it wrong. <laughs> One Latrice Owen, she had to let me know. I hope you're telling people that these are unisex shirts and not men's and women's because I feel like <laughs> some of these orders are a little bit too big. And I was like, oh, uh-oh. So, guy with Erica, we got to get the update or get the, the website updated to get it right. So, we apologize for that. We haven't made too many errors with that, but there's been one or two when they've been the wrong size. So, we apologize. I'm going to fix that mistake. But it but again, staying on staying focused, staying positive. Uh thank you Erica, thank you Brian. Um they're the other part of this team that nobody really gets to to see or hear, but they do a lot of work behind the scenes. Um like always, you know, as we come to you, we let you know, please listen, like, and share. And this whole thing's about growing. This whole thing's about getting the message out. Um, like always, you know, you got to let conversation influence you. Don't be afraid to have that, that difficult one. And remember, you know, every week, you never know what's going to come out of us. So this is not your normal podcast. We just hope that you continue to follow us and listen and spread the news. So thank you again. Thank you for your time. This has been Seal and the Doctor. Until next week, we out.